Welcome to the Exam Study Expert Podcast, helping you ace your exams at school and university through the psychology of high performance and the science of studying smarter, not harder. It's my pleasure to introduce your host, the Cambridge-trained memory psychologist and exam success coach, William Wadsworth. Hello and welcome to the Exam Study Experts podcast. Uh, For regular listeners, I do apologise for the slight slippage to our normal Sunday broadcast schedule. Uh, As you possibly hear in my voice uh, today, I've I've not been so well recently and things slipped a little. I'm very sorry. Um, But fear not, because late or not, I've got a great little episode to share with you today. Following on from last week's crowdsourced productivity tips episode, I've also uh, put out a call for AI-related tips. So how to use AI tools such as ChatGPT to help you in your studying. One thing I want to be really clear on uh, before I get into the meat of today, I'm completely against academic dishonesty of any kind. That's not what Exam Study Expert stands for, never has been and never will be. Uh, In fact, every year I turn away uh, probably thousands of dollars uh, worth of sponsorship requests uh, from from essay writing and other uh, services I would consider to be academically dishonest, uh, cheating in other words. Uh, That's not what we're about. Um, We may be about taking a smarter path in your studies, but that doesn't mean cheating to cut corners. So when we cover AI, it's important to stress that we are not using it as a cheating tool, but rather harnessing its capabilities in legitimate ways to make us more efficient scholars. So today, uh, the bulk of the episode comes from uh, exam study expert's own Dr. Alex Hibble, who's been doing a fair bit of thinking and research recently on the question of how to use AI to help students in their studies. I even hand the mic briefly uh, to ChatGPT itself uh, for a couple of tips right at the end of this episode. But to kick things off uh, and get us warmed up, I wanted to share a couple of listener perspectives uh, that were kindly shared with me as part of last week's episode on crowdsourced productivity tips. Uh, And these were all about uh, using AI in studying. And and the take-home message from both of these, actually, is that while ChatGPT may be the tool that you hear about most in the media and so on, there are other tools out there, uh, such as Bard, which may serve different purposes better. When we speak of AI, the first thing that pops into our minds is usually ChatGPT. But one common complaint I hear from my classmates using the free version of ChatGPT is that its data is limited to before September 2021. While this doesn't make its ideas completely obsolete, some of its suggestions aren't fully relevant either. So my response to this is, why not use other generative AI software? For instance, Google's Bard uses real-time data making it quite handy for ever-changing, fast-paced sectors like finance and technology. So this is not to say that ChatGPT doesn't have its own merits. I mean, I personally think Chat comes up with a wider range of ideas and provides a more coherent and succinct synthesis of long chunks of text, whereas Bart has better research capabilities, like I said earlier. So I guess there's nothing stopping us from using a combination of generative AI tools for our diverse needs. An AI tool I use when studying for my exams is BARD, which is a chatbot by Google. So I will ask BARD for sample questions based on the concepts of the topic, both multiple choice and open-ended ones, and then ask it to reveal the answers. If I get something wrong or don't understand it, I will ask BARD to explain it to me. 
I don't have access to past papers, so this is incredible for studying when I don't want to make flashcards or just don't have the time. Well, thanks so much again to Phoebe and Serena uh, for those tips. Uh, if you'd like more general productivity advice uh, from them, along with uh, some of my favourite other productivity tips that were sent in, uh, do check out last week's episode. Uh, there's a really nice collection of tips from listeners on being a more productive student and getting things done in a more time efficient way. Um, so do check that out if you haven't already. Now, I want to hand over to exam study experts' own Dr. Hibble for a little masterclass in using AI to studying. Uh, lots of great information in this coming up, quite a few things I hadn't thought of myself, uh, so really well worth taking uh, notes uh, if, you, if you can, or at least uh, spending, finding a moment afterwards uh, to, to kind of reflect on what are the most important things you want to take from this uh, to help you out in your own studies that will be most relevant to your situation. So without further ado, Dr. Alex, the floor is yours. Welcome. Today, I'm going to be discussing how AI or artificial intelligence can be used for learning and revision and discuss some of my favourite programmes and apps. Now, this is a topic that I've been thinking a lot about this year. It comes up all the time when I'm talking to teachers in staff rooms and was also the focus of many sessions at the British Educational Research Association conference this September. And I shared a few takeaways from that in episode 120, Trends in Education Research. So we're going to jump straight in. What is AI and how can you use it for studying? AI or artificial intelligence, refers to a machine's ability to perform functions that we traditionally associate with human minds, such as reasoning or learning. And critically, what distinguishes artificial intelligence from just you know, other good technology is that AI can learn and adapt depending on the data that it's been given. A further category of artificial intelligence is called generative artificial intelligence, or generative AI. Generative AI is any program which, when it's trained on a large data set, can produce something new. So, for example, ChatGPT3 and ChatGPT4 was trained on almost the entire internet up until 2021. And by interacting with it um, through text, it can generate new text. Um, there's also lots of generative AIs out there that can produce images, even videos and audio clips. What's really important to remember with these generative AI, um, often referred to as large language models for ChatGPT and BARD, which is Google's version of ChatGPT, is that whilst these programs are producing something new, something that hasn't been seen before, their creativity and their originality is really constrained by the data that they've been trained on. And not all of the information they've been trained on is good quality or up to date. We need to be really careful when we talk about what is being produced because it's not necess it's not necessarily that it's thought of something it's produced a good guess of what you might like to see based on the prompt that you've given it and the data it's been trained on many programs that we might already be familiar with such as quizlet grammarly khan academy are also using these large language models these generative ai for at least some functions such as quizlet's magic notes and um, grammarly's new prompt generators um, and Khan Academy Carmigo is using ChatGPT4. Today, we're going to be talking about all of the really exciting and fascinating ways in which AI can support both learning and revision. So I'll start with a warning, but we'll jump right into how we can use it for good. So what are the current concerns in using AI and especially generative AI? 
Well, the big one that teachers are concerned about is plagiarism, which is anytime you're passing off other people's ideas or work as your own. So in this case, asking ChatGPT to write an essay for you would be a really obvious example of plagiarism. But some more subtle examples that still count as plagiarism are asking AI to rephrase or rewrite some of your work or asking AI to come up with ideas for you and then using those ideas in your own work without saying, you know, without citing them, saying that they've come from a generative AI program. A really easy rule of thumb is if you wouldn't ask a person to do this for you, or if you wouldn't ask somebody and then never and not cite them, then it's probably a case of plagiarism with AI. Another real issue with AI is the that AI can only learn from its sources, the data that it's been given or the data that the model has been trained on. So if there's any biases or misinformation in that information, these will still be present in the new content that AI produces. And another real issue is that AI can hallucinate. And I'm sure you've heard examples before of ChatGPT coming up with sources that don't actually exist, referring to legal cases that have never happened or suggesting that you get in touch with researchers at universities that don't exist. Again, because AI is just producing a sort of best guess, a sort of sensible estimate of what it sh- of what the output should look like, just because AI has come up with something that sounds really likely, you should always double check the information that it's given you just to make sure it's not completely making it up. We also want to think about what is the purpose of using these tools. If you're using these tools to shortcut your learning rather than to support it, then this can be a real issue. And I think this is the heart of you know, both educators and students' concerns about AI. Learning how to think, how to structure answers, how to write. Education isn't just about getting good grades, right? Your learning skills for the rest of your life. Many of these are transferable from school, university to your jobs in the future. So if we're using AI to shortcut our learning, then we're really shortchanging ourselves. With all of those warnings out of the way, let's think about how can AI be used to help us? There's some really fun ways in which ChatGPT, BARD, or other large language models can be really good for learning. So one is to use these models almost as a personalized tutor, asking ChatGPT to explain an idea to me if there's a concept that was discussed in class that you don't quite understand. This can be really great if you're working alongside a specification. Um, I asked ChatGPT the other day to explain plate tectonics using the LXL GCSE specification. And that was fantastic because it pitched it at exactly the level that I wanted to understand the concept at with the right information and information that followed a specification, which in the future, you know, if I was a student taking this exam, I might be examined on. So when we're interacting with AI, designing really good prompts, it's a skill into itself and that involves your critical thinking. Using this idea of taking large language models as a personal tutor, you could you can continue to interact. So ask the program to ask you follow-up questions or to test your knowledge. Give it ideas that you want to debate and then ask for feedback. Can it correct or improve your answers? You can really expand how useful these models are with the information you give it. Tell it precisely the areas which you want to learn and which you're struggling with. Similarly, ChatGPT can work in other languages, so you could use it to practice French or Spanish or German. It's only a few steps above Google Translate in its ability to check your spelling and grammar. And again, remember, it's not an expert. It's drawing upon a data set that might have errors in it. But it you can use it to engage in a sort of conversation, a back and forth, which is something that um, Google Translate is limited in. Google Translate really is only a sort of checking device. You can 
Also use ChatGPT to find you resources. Now, this might sound just like something you could ask Google to do, but ChatGPT is a bit better than Google because you can explain in much more detail what you'd like, at what level and in which format. And importantly, you can do this you know, as if you were talking to a friend, right? You can write quite a lot of detail in and it can find that resource for you. Whereas with Google, you have to be much more specific in the language that you use. Remembering here that ChatGPT is trained on internet data that stops at 2021. If you pay for GTP4, you can get a web browser plugin that will compensate and um, include much more recent data. So using ChatGPT to find a resource can be a fantastic way to get a new perspective on an idea or concept that you're struggling with, as well as to expand um, what you've currently learning, you know, finding extra reading and extra resources to do research from. ChatGPT can be good as if you're doing more computational, problem-based subjects such as maths, computer science, um, even chemistry, physics, biology. You can ask ChatGPT to evaluate problems if you're stuck. If you've been working on writing some code, you can ask it to add in comments to tell you which bits, which bits of the code do what. And if you're really stuck, you can give ChatGPT the uh, structure of this thing you're working on, so A-level or IB-level differentiation equations, and ask it to generate worked examples with commentary that work you through what happens at each step of the problem. So you can really scaffold your learning for yourself. Finally, when it comes to learning, I think that a really great resource is using generative AI to help with note-taking and making summaries. Often there is so much information that we need to take in, particularly for university level courses. If you give it PDFs or audio files, you can ask for short summaries. And these can then be used as revision guides or even knowledge organizers. And as a stepping stone for you to go and investigate these topics more thoroughly. A word with caution is that actually effective note-taking is a really great skill to learn. It's useful at all levels of academic journey and beyond. But it also means that you engage more heavily with the material that you're studying. You know which information that is the most important for the test that you're studying for or for the subject that you're trying to learn. But you also know what you find hardest to understand or remember, whereas ChatGPT or Otter AI will treat all information as equally relevant and important. So those are our top tips for learning a subject, getting treating the program like a personalized tutor, using these um, programs to help find resources, use these to help evaluate mathematical problems, and finally to speed up note-taking, whether that's a lecture that you've recorded or pictures of, or PDFs, Word documents, pictures of textbooks that you're trying to get through more quickly. Now, when it comes to revision, there are some great ways in which generative AI can be used. When it comes to effective revision, we always talk about using retrieval practice, testing yourself from memory. And one of the best ways of doing that is flashcards. I love flashcards. However, sometimes students spend so long making their flashcards, they run out of time for testing themselves, which is when you're actually getting the benefit of using that technique. So we can use AI and generative AI to do the, to get through the making stage of flashcards much faster. So one way of doing this is there's a few plugins you can get for ChatGPT, um, or 
Even faster, if you have registered for a Quizlet account, there is a function called Magic Notes, where once your notes are in a Word document format, you can get it to translate those directly into flashcards. If you are a handwritten note person, there are also lots of programs out there that are relatively good at decoding from handwritten into text format. And and that would just add another stage to the front of that pipeline. So uploading your handwritten notes to a program that will turn them into text and then uploading those text notes either to Quizlet Magic Notes or using ChatGPT. And from there, you can get started with your flashcards. Another struggle that students sometimes have with revision is that revision can get a little bit tedious if we're using if we're consistently using exactly the same strategy for all of our subjects. Quizzing ourselves on information is a great way not just of engaging in retrieval practice, uh, not just keeping ourselves motivated because we have that little bit of competition with ourselves, but also means we can practice um, you know, what it would feel like to be an exam, like testing yourself from memory without your notes in front of you. So you can ask ChatGPT or Bard to interact with you as if it was a quiz. So making practice questions and then correct, correcting them for you. Did you get it right? Did you get it wrong? And there's also interactive games um, such as the match function on Quizlet or Kahoot. And these are really fun ways of doing some fast-paced cued recall revision. We've recently been discussing on the podcast questions that come up quite often, such as how many hours should I study for or should I listen to music while study? Another frequently asked question is what do I do when I run out of exam papers? And alternatively, should I be saving these exam papers from my board, from my exam board to save them up to do just before I do my exam? And one of the benefits of these generative AIs is that they can, is that the generative, they can generate extra exam questions for us. So you can ask ChatGPT or Bard to produce exam questions in the style of whichever exam board you're being tested on and specify how many marks you'd like the question to be. You can then ask the program to mark your exam questions and suggest ways in which you could have improved your answer. I tried this out recently with ChatGPT, again using geography, and I asked it to produce an eight mark question for me. And I asked it to use the mark scheme uh, and the specification for that exam. And actually it produced quite a good example question. And when I asked it to mark my question, it pulled me up on um, that I'd included lots of detail, but I hadn't included enough um, explanation of the detail. And it really used the same terminology you'd see from examiners um, citing my AO1 and AO3 marks, which I thought was really cool as a function. Finally, when we talk about different ways to use retrieval practice in exams, we often talk about flashcards, we often talk about practice questions, and ChatGPT can use both of those. We also sometimes talk about brain dumps, um, otherwise known as uh, blurting and blank page retrieval. We often suggest doing these by hand directly onto a blank piece of paper, but there's no reason why you couldn't do this into chat GPT. So from memory, 10 minutes, really searching your mind as much as you can remember about a particular topic, and then ask chat GPT to expand on um, expand on some of your information or add on any details you've forgotten or correct you. You could even go a step further and um, marry in this idea of personalized tutors. So do the brain dump and get ChatGPT to ask you questions to prompt you on the things that you didn't remember or didn't include in that brain dump. So those are some ways in which ChatGPT can be really useful for engaging in retrieval practice. So to sum up, 
There are lots of ways in which generative AI can be used for learning and revising, from making summaries of lectures using Otter AI, getting ChatGPT to write exam questions and then mark them for you, to turning your notes into flashcards using Quizlet's Magic Notes. We're all going to have to adapt to a life with generative AI. Good luck exploring all of the programs we've discussed today to support your learning. And do let me know if you find novel ways of using any of the programs discussed today, or if there's apps that you really like that we haven't discussed. Best of luck. Well, thank you so much, Alex. Uh, What a great collection of ideas. Just before we go today, I thought it'd be fun to give the last word to ChatGPT itself. I asked ChatGPT what are some of the best ways to use ChatGPT for studying, and here were a couple of the main ideas it shared. Uh, And this forms a relatively brief, uh, I think probably reiteration of uh, and a kind of a summary uh, of a couple of the main ideas that Alex was sharing. Uh, I think it's quite fun to hear it from ChatGPT itself. Um, And I've given a voice to ChatGPT's words using another AI program, Eleven Labs, which produces some of the most realistic sounding uh, computer generated speech I've come across. So to conclude today's episode, here's ChatGPT on a couple of suggested ways to use it for studying. Idea one is role-playing for concept clarification. Engage in role-playing conversations with ChatGPT to solidify your understanding of complex concepts. Pretend ChatGPT is an expert in the field you're studying and ask it questions as if you were discussing the topic with a knowledgeable mentor. This can help you explore different perspectives and improve your ability to communicate complex ideas. Turning to our second of the two ideas, this one is language learning partner. Practice a new language by having conversations with ChatGPT. Pose questions, respond to its prompts, and try to express yourself in the language you're learning. This unconventional language practice can be a fun and interactive way to reinforce vocabulary, grammar, and sentence structure. Well, thank you so much, ChatGPT. <laughs> well, I hope you've enjoyed this little adventure into AI for studying, and maybe you've got a few uh, new little ideas you're excited to try out. Thanks so much again for joining us today and wishing you every success, as always, in your studies. Wasn't that wonderful? If you're feeling inspired, why not leave us a rating and a review in your podcast app? It would make our day. Thanks again for listening and see you soon.